faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. He gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good re reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Another you down. How many of my sheep have I lost to that pack of wolves? Too many. Sometimes I wonder if it's even worth it. Maybe I should have stuck to farming with Cain. Oh, if only we were back in the garden again. Then I bet I'd be able to find enough food and water for these animals. And for me, too. I mean, my parents still talk about that glorious time. Just them and the Creator in a beautiful, wonderful place. I mean, the Creator even killed an animal to make them some clothes. And what do we get out of it? Dirt and more dirt. Sweat and more sweat. Cursed. Oh, there's Cain. How picking his crop for the Creator. That must be his offering to the Creator. Oh. An offering for the Creator. What can I bring? What would be enough? I mean, all I have are these sheep and goats. My food, my clothing, my survival. I am thankful for these animals, especially the newborn lambs, like, like the one born yesterday, the moment he learned how to run and to hop. So innocent, so carefree and full of life. Life. A new life as an offering? Oh, that's it. That newborn lamb can be the sacrifice to the, the, the creator. Oh, it's perfect. Not a single spot or blemish. A perfect life. A life for a life. I will, uh, I will tie the lamb here.
here. Creator God, I will bring this sacrifice to you to honor you and to glorify you. Please accept this poor offering. I won't keep any of it for myself, God. I will bring you the new life of this spotless lamb. God, I only bring to you what is already yours by right. How can the broken relationship between you and your people ever be repaired, God? Will you be angry with us forever? Will we be cursed forever? Creator God, please don't be angry with us forever. I remember my father and mother telling me how you looked for them in the garden, even though they had violated your command. You sought them out. Have mercy, God. Have mercy. Please don't keep yourself from us. We need you. Someday, someday, please provide a way for us to be together again.
It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so, a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. How long, God? Will you forget about me forever? You promised me an heir. You promised that my family would grow more numerous than the stars. Yet I have no children. I have no son. This is madness. I can't take this any longer. Adonai, you made a covenant with my Lord Abram that his descendants would number as the stars in the heavens. We have tried for so many years. Why am I unable to conceive the son you promised my Lord? I am tortured by the barrenness you promised to end. Ha have I not been faithful to you, Lord God? I have always followed your will for Abram, and still no life moves within me. I am unable to provide an heir. But with my whole heart do I believe in your promise that Abram will have a son, for you are always right in your words and actions. I have fulfilled my end of the bargain, yet when I die, all that I own 
will go to Eliezer, the servant. Please, God, sorrow has filled my heart, drop by drop, day after day, for ten years, ten years of waiting on your promises, and ten, ten years, years of nothing. nothing. What have I done to displease you, Adonai? Perhaps my own ignorance and pride have gotten in the way. Perhaps you did not intend for Abram's heir to come from my womb. Oh, how I wish I knew what you desired of me. Sarai feels guilty and ashamed because of her barrenness. She blames herself for our lack of an heir, but it can't be her fault. Your covenant was with me. Oh, God, give me a light so that I can see. I feel like I'm wandering in the darkness. I still believe you, and I trust in your unfailing love. I know you'll keep your promise. But God, how much longer must we wait? How much longer can we wait? We're not getting any younger. I know. I will give my maid, Hagar, to Abram. We will have a child through her, and your promise with Abram will be fulfilled through the son that she bears. It's the only way. God, have you finally spoken? Have you heard my fears and answered my cry? Could a child with Hagar be your answer? Your covenant was with me, not Sarai, and you said that a child would come from my own body. That child would be mine. God, you must have meant for this all along. I doubted you, and yet the answer was in my own house. How could I have been so blind? God, I will sing your praises and let your will be done, not mine. Regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. <laughs> How can I be a father at 100 years of age? And can Sarah even have a baby at 90? This must be some kind of a joke. God, let this blessing be fulfilled through Ishmael. One child is plenty at our age. No. Sarah, your wife, will give you a son. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. Isaac. Huh. 
After all these years, Sarah and I are going to have a baby together. Oh, God, you are so gracious. Two sons when I thought there'd be none. Did I hear my Lord God correctly? Saying that I would have a son? All these years, our attempts have yielded no son, and yet now we will see God's promise be fulfilled? Why now and not before? <laughs> How wondrous God's timing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. 
They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. I just got the baby to sleep. He looks so angelic. What a special gift from our creator. I still cannot believe that Pharaoh has decreed that all the baby boys must be killed. I'm scared. Pharaoh must be so furious with the midwives for keeping the baby boys alive. I fear what he might do if he finds our child alive. Every time I hear voices outside the house, I think it might be Pharaoh's men coming to take our Moses and throw him in the river. And how horrifying that would be. It seems like just a matter of time. I'd thought we could keep his birth a secret, but it's, it's getting harder and harder to keep him hidden. Aaron and Miriam help entertain him, don't they? Yes, but he giggles and laughs now, and of course he cries. I don't know how much longer we can keep him a secret. The neighbors haven't said anything yet, but I'm afraid that Aaron or Miriam might say something to one of their friends about their baby brother. I don't think this can work much longer. Amram, I'm afraid. I'm afraid we'll get caught. I'm afraid we'll lose more than just our baby boy. We could lose everything. I could lose you. I know, but what can we do? I don't know. I can see no way of keeping our baby boy alive. But didn't God bless the Hebrew midwives who honored him even though they disobeyed Pharaoh's orders? What kind of faith did that require to secretly hide the births of our children? Do you think that God gave them children of their own because they had faith that he would protect them even though they didn't obey the law? 
Holy God, give us this kind of faith. Show us what to do. He's not safe here. We must get him out somehow. You know, I saw Aaron and his friends playing with their little reed boats today. Some of them look like baskets. And they use pitch and tar to make them waterproof. Maybe, maybe that's the answer. But are we really willing to send our baby boy floating off into the river? Are you sure? No, no, I'm not sure. Only God knows what would happen. But I feel like it's the right thing to do to give him a chance. We just have to trust that God would save our son's life. I know he can do it. I, I just don't know how. Sort of like the Hebrew midwives who weren't sure of the outcome. It could work. I hope it will. It's the best thing we can do, and after that, it will be up to God. I pray that it does work, just to keep him alive. I don't like the uncertainty of it all. This whole thing scares me. My heart is overwhelmed at the thought of giving up our sweet child. God of our fathers, we don't know how this will work out, but we have faith you do. Men will try to rule the world you made, but we know power is yours alone to give and take. The day will come when every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that you are Lord, both Trust me.
It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. The Hebrews are coming. Everyone in Jericho heard the news. The Hebrews are coming. These words sent shockwaves through the city. I felt the dread. Why? We'd heard the stories about the conquering Hebrews and their all-powerful God. Just look at what happened at the Red Sea. Yahweh parted the waters of the entire sea. His people walked across on dry land. I was so afraid. But I also felt hope. When I heard about the mighty acts of Yahweh, I couldn't help but feel awe, wonder, desire to know more about him. But what good were those feelings? We were all going to die anyway. In Jericho, I was what you might call a lady of the night, used to please men. I worked from my own house in the city. One night, there was a knock at the door, and I went to answer it as usual and saw two men I wasn't expecting. They quietly asked to be let in. They were all out of breath, like they were running away from someone. So after I shut the door behind them, they asked if I could help them hide from the king's soldiers. They said they were Hebrew spies. The Hebrews had come. But on the other hand, these followers of Yahweh were in my house. My house. 
I was so curious about their God, I offered to help them. I hid them on the roof, in amongst the flax stalks on top. When the king's guards came looking for them, I didn't give them up. I'd seen these two guards before and knew just the things to say to get them to move along. No one comes into Rahab's house unless she invites them. After I got rid of the guards, I went back to the spies. I was more honest with them than I had been with any man. For the first time, I told another living person that I believed that Yahweh was the God of heaven and earth to have performed such wonders. We talked, we bargained. I asked for my life and the lives of my family because of the kindness I had shown them. They were fair and told me exactly what to do when the Hebrews came. The next morning, I arranged for them to escape from the city and return to their people. It wasn't long before the Hebrews showed up in force. They had us surrounded. They marched around our walls for days. On the seventh day, I followed all of the spies' instructions and gathered my father and mother and all of my brothers and sisters in my house to wait. Then I heard a loud shout from the Hebrews, and the walls of Jericho came crashing down. Was I wrong to have followed the spies' instructions? Did they lie to me? Did Yahweh reject me and my family? My entire world had come crashing down around me. Rubble and dust flew everywhere. And then silence. I took a breath. Two. My little sister started crying. I opened my eyes and saw all of my family there with me, still alive. It was a miracle. Yahweh had kept his promise and saved me. The two spies I helped walked into the rubble and led us out into the sunlight. The last thing I expected was to live among them. Me, a harlot in Yahweh's holy community? Never. But Yahweh kept his promise and spared me and my family from the destruction of Jericho. Then he gave us more than we ever could have imagined. The opportunity to know him more. Praise Yahweh, the God of heaven and of earth. Beyond our
How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Even women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were even sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Princes and paupers, sons and daughters, kneel at the throne of grace. Losers and winners, the saints and the sinners, one day we'll see his face. And we Okay.
Yeah. 